Welcome, folks, to the Goose Gossip Podcast. I'm your host, Levi Gerke. This podcast is brought to you by the following. Rolling Thunder Game Calls, Premium Waterfowl and Turkey Calls, Building Them One at a Time, Every Time. Mallard Bay, Plan Trips, Buy Gear, Go Experience. Guide Tech, Streamline Your Outfit or Charter. K2 Coolers, Real Value, Real Cold. This podcast is not strictly about goose hunting. I have well-rounded people on talking about great adventures they have been on in their life. Sit back and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Goose Gossip Podcast. And the special guest on the phone today is Dylan and Carter. Dylan Carter, boys, how's it going? It's going well. Just uh, here in Minnesota, enjoying the summer. And yeah. Not much happening yeah. up in Minnesota right now? No, not a whole lot. Just uh, hanging out on the lake and uh, hanging out with friends. The summertime. Work, working and enjoying the lake. Hey man, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind getting a little lake time because the, the cold weather, I, I really like to see it come around full circle again. Cause I'm, I'm itching already, but I feel like the off season always does us good. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's a nice break to uh, just hang out with friends and not worry about hunting at all. So do you guys just do most of your hunting around Minnesota or you guys venture out to different areas? Uh, a lot of it is in Minnesota and then we travel to uh, North Dakota, South Dakota quite a bit. And yeah. Cause you guys, you guys get into them pretty well. Like what state would you say I get, cause you don't really like, I mean, there's different regions that, that do better than others. So, I mean, what state do you guys see better, um, in the snow goose reason? Well, I go to school at South Dakota state. Um, so I do uh, a decent amount of hunting in South Dakota. Um, I have hunted quite a few snow geese in North Dakota before, but I'd say primary, I do hunt in South Dakota quite a bit. Are you guys both going to SDSU? Uh, I went for a year and a half. Okay. And then, yeah, now I'm just working. So right on. I, I don't know if you guys know, but I, I was born and raised in South Dakota. So South Dakota state, I've, I didn't, I didn't go there at all, but, um, I've went and seen the college and so forth, but I never went to college, but that, that area has got more waterfowl than, than more can imagine. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. And the whole college thing, it brings a lot of pressure to the area. Yeah. So like I used to live about an hour, hour and a half to the Southeast of that or Southwest of where that region is. And man, I wouldn't even budge you know, getting close to there. Cause like, I mean, farmers just like they, so many of them, um, college students and it's no like hashing on them. It's just like, they become friends with people that are like actual, like, uh, locals there and those locals farm. And the next thing you know, it just spirals and, and it's just hard to get permission around there, but yeah, yeah, it definitely is hard to get permission around there. So do you guys, do you guys do any of the fall snow goose hunting or is it, is it, 
mainly the spring that you guys really attack the snow geese? Uh, that's when we do the majority of our snow goose hunting. Uh, that's where we seem to excel a lot more. Is it's it just in the fall, you say? Yeah, in the fall. That's our favorite time to go and snow goose hunt. I feel like it's a, it's a lot more like productive. Like uh, it's a lot more like, would you say it's fast pace? You know what I mean? Like they, they almost act a little bit more different than the spring side of things. Cause not a lot of people are after them in the fall side of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's totally hunting them in the fall and hunting them in the spring. It's totally different. Um, different strategies, different tactics. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot less pressure too in South Dakota in the fall just because it's uh you have to draw for a license. So that's a little nice. It keeps a decent amount of people out of the state. But yeah, in the fall we enjoy hunting in the fall the most. When did y'all start hunting snow geese? Because I know it, you know, it's almost like you know waterfowl is like. You start with one thing, then you go up to the next. And I feel like snow goose hunting, if you do want to get into it, it's almost like, I don't know. It's like one of the most hard hardship things because there's like so much that goes into it because they just jump spontaneous and everything. So when did you all get into snow goose hunting? I personally, probably eight years ago. But I mean, back then I was so young, you know, you didn't really have a clue what you're doing. You're just out there having a good time seeing millions of birds right and i don't know you just get smarter learn different techniques and tactics to outsmart them you know it does take a lot to outsmart them and i i ain't gonna sit here and lie to you i I haven't went snow goose hunting much in my life and i always just love seeing the videos and i i have nothing against people that put in the mass amounts of work that it takes to set up all those decoys and maybe sometimes never even see a snow goose hit the field. Maybe they're flying, you know, 5,000 feet the other way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That seems to happen a decent amount, but uh, I think the biggest thing is just setting yourself up for success. Whether I I think that um, it's really important to understand scientifically, just how the birds, what, what they're going to do in the conditions, whether it's a full moon, uh, if it's high wind, if it's low wind, uh, it's just how it, it comes down to just scouting and watching birds. You, you just have to know how they're going to act in certain weather conditions. What's like the most favorite thing that you enjoy about hunting a snow goose? Like, is it the big wads or is it them, them tight, like 20 to 30 packs that just roll in slowly throughout the whole day? <laughs> well, I really like the big spins. You seem to get a little bit more of that in the fall. That's just why it's a little bit more enjoyable, but, uh, it's, I still enjoy shooting just 20 packs with some buddies. It's, uh, as long as they're getting in tight, that's all that matters. So for me, uh, like, I mean, you've been outsmarted by them how many times in a row. And then for finally to, even if you hunt 10 times and it works once that one time is so worth it where you outsmart them and you get them just makes it all worth it. It does really make it worth it. And I I can't even like conversate on the piece because I've, I haven't even seen the one time work, you know, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) yeah, everybody's like, just wait till you do. And then you're going to want to like do it time and time again, or, or put in the effort until it happens again. And I don't know. I, 
I was supposed to go this this snow goose season, but work just kind of like wrapped my wrap my mind around way different things. Um, but so do you guys chase snow geese fall and spring then, or is it like fall is like your guys' push to serve time and then spring you guys kind of like split off? Uh, well, spring, we do a decent amount of hunting, but the spring, spring season versus fall seasons, uh, quite a bit different in the fall. Uh, typically you're looking for, uh, just a big feed. Uh, it's got, uh, good juvies in it and flying far from the roost, uh, stuff like that. They seem to, uh, target the same field more days in a row in the fall too, just because they aren't as pressured. Uh, whereas the spring migration they kind of have three waves you get the adult wave that first comes through uh the uh upper central flyway and then you kind of get a uh some birds that are mostly adults that are hitting some fields the same days and then bouncing off and then you kind of get the juvies that come up uh, a little bit later but yeah, it it's hard going in the spring. It's it's not for everyone. It's it's a lot of hours in the truck, a lot of mud, and uh, a lot of dick sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> that is no lie, right there. I mean, <laughs> it, it, in the concept of things, um, it, it's just it gets crazier and crazier as like you learn something. And I really feel like snow goose hunting. That's one of those deals where it's like the more you learn about them, the more exciting it gets because you figure them out and they start to do things that you actually want them to do rather than <laughs> doing dumb yeah. things. But yeah. then right when you think you got them figured out, they'll just turn around and screw you over again. So <laughs> yeah, it does, it does seem like that. So like the migration has always been like a, a crazy factor for all spectrums of waterfowl like have you guys seen a big different notice in the spring in the or sorry like just even the snow goose migration throughout the eight years that you guys have been attacking them i think it changed i mean it changes every year up here especially because with all the snow you have a different snow line every year that holds them up like this year i mean the snow line was down by sioux falls for a couple weeks tons of snow and they were all just piled up on that snow line. And then once that finally melted off, they just boogied right. Basically North Dakota, a lot of them did. They're in South Dakota for a couple of days, but then they just boogied right up to North Dakota. Did they push through pretty fast this uh, spring season? Because I felt like, I mean, I heard from all my family back home in South Dakota, like they got absolutely kicked in the ass with snow and i was like man that's that's either gonna hold snow geese like you're talking about or the second that it melts that they're not even gonna care about anything but just pushing through yeah this year they did push pretty uh strong through south dakota they were actually hopping above the snow line a bit and uh just flying around there super anxious and they just have that uh calendar that they got to get going north so this year and last last spring was uh they both they uh blew through South Dakota pretty fast. What's a what's an average uh amount that you y'all harvest or kill on a on a day-to-day basis when you go out on a hunt cuz I've seen some of y'all's videos and it and it looks like you you put up some numbers. <laughs> well, uh the fall is a little bit easier going than the spring and in, in the fall, your ideal number where you're looking for is just trying to break a hundred. 
Uh, you're obviously looking for three, four, five hundred, six hundred, but that's not always the case. And then I think a good number uh, in the spring is you're just trying to break 30. The spring up here in uh, South Dakota, uh, it, the pressure and they've been hunted for how many months now? You're just looking to break 30. Anything over 30 is a pretty good hunt in uh, the spring up here, but obviously looking for a 100, 200, 300 bird shoot. But that's not always the case. I like the way you think about putting a number of 30 on spring and a hundred on fall. That's, that's a very, that's a very like courteous amount because other people would be like, yeah, we're, we're just going to go out and shoot every single one of them. Like that, that's, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. It's just not realistic though. <laughs> no, it is not realistic. Like you have to put realism into the thought of a wild animal. You know what I mean? And you got people that, right. you know, constantly are just like, yeah, I'm really good at it. And those guys are, aren't probably doing as well as the people that are just staying hush hush. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And you're mixing a lot of five, 10, zero bird shoots in there when the, some doesn't work out. And we like to call those a dick sandwich, but <laughs> so are you guys like, are you guys like switching to strictly full bodies? I know that's kind of like a movement of like lesser decoys and just putting out, you know, more realistic and, and full bodies. Are you guys still sticking, sticking on that sock and silo game? Well, we've been, uh, we've been running SX decoys here and yeah, we, yeah, we pretty much just run full bodies now. I mean, every situation is different and fall. You can maybe get away with a few less, especially if they've been hitting your field for a couple of days. Uh, we're spring. If you're hunting a migrator spread, you're going to need a couple more. Maybe you're throwing the socks out for that, but if you're out in the feed, uh, just being where they want to be and knowing how they're going to act. And I think a big thing too, is just hunting them in the right conditions where if you don't have the right wind for the spot, or if the, you don't have the right wind for the roost or really, if you don't have the right conditions, I think it's better just to hold off and let them sit and you just uh, hunt it the next day or that night, whatever, whatever the conditions allow really. So with that being said, are you saying it's almost kind of like a big patience game with like maybe a bigger feed? Like you can't just gun ho like you got permission and just run with it? Yeah, I think it's pretty important. You got to watch it for I, I like uh, falls a little bit different than the spring. The fall, you can maybe get away with hunting it the next morning. But the spring, you're going to probably want to see them hit in the same field, probably a morning, evening and a morning if you're looking to hunt it that night. Uh, it, I mean, snow goose hunting is a lot of work to, uh, not, it, you pretty much, it's pretty much just like school. You just got to go out there and do your homework. It, you got to put in the time and you got to be pretty confident that they're coming back in the morning or, uh, later that evening. You just got to do your homework and, uh, pretty much set yourself up for success. In South Dakota, there's, there's cheaters in this analogy because South Dakota, you can, pass shoot them you know what i mean <laughs> and do things like that and i i dislike them now and I, I don't hate them i don't hate those people because i used to be one of those people and <laughs> it all comes from natural beasts but i'm saying like like you got people that you, you're sitting here watching this feed and they they end up you know plucking off or scaring or bumping off these geese off of the, your feed has it happened quite a few times for y'all yeah we run into that quite a bit like yeah typical father takes his little eight-year-old son out or whatever and which is great i mean they love it whatever but it just causes problems for us but 
It really does. I mean, it, it like I said, it's the nature of the beast. And uh, the only reason I can't talk too much on it because I used to do it through and through. And then I came through a season and I, I looked him in the, <laughs> I looked him in the eyes while they were flying over. And I was like, no, never again. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much where every snow goose hunter started out. I either doing that or oh, for sure jumping or however you got to start out or going out with plastic decoys you painted and made with your buddies in your garage or ever you got to start it you don't start at the top that's for sure or the walmart the walmart sacks and 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 throw those on a twig yeah yep. i don't know yep. I, feel, I feel like it, it comes from people like they look at snow geese they see all these videos and they're like Oh my gosh. Point A is that I can shoot during the spring. I can shoot unlimited. And during the fall, I can shoot 50 stating in what state you are in. There's different limits and stuff like that. But everybody's just like, God, I can fire and unload my gun as many times as I want at this particular animal. And it, and it gets a fire underneath people's ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And when they do it and they're tight it, and unloading your gun into a flock of snows, it's, it's hard to beat. I don't think there's any, anything that really can beat it. It's, it's the most fun I can have. How many, how many cases of shells do you guys go through on a spring conservation season? Uh, I mean, each spring's different. Um, I'd say on me for average, just living out in South Dakota, I get to hunt a little bit uh, more in the spring. Um, I'm probably going through about three to four cases probably in the spring, whereas the fall, I'm probably going through around probably eight to 10 cases, I'd say, throughout August to December. Hmm. When you, when you guys set up these, I, I'm jumping from fall and spring because I'm just like, I'm so intrigued with you, you, the way you guys hunt. And it obviously looks like you guys go into Canada duck hunting or Canada hunting and duck hunting. Um, when you set up these, you know, set up for snow geese, do y'all get a bunch of ducks and ge like actual Canada geese that come in and you kind of filter through those as well? Actually a lot less than you'd think. Like in really? the spring you see it in the fields with the snow geese and whatnot. Like I can only count or think of a couple times that we've shot ducks with snow geese it's generally just snow geese yeah and it's pretty hard to uh shoot at a couple ducks when you got a potential uh tornado coming down on top of you <laughs> i'd way rather just wait for them snow geese than uh shoot a couple of ducks well if you ever get the if you ever get the the message from a southern person to come up there and they want to join you on your fall spring, your fall uh, snow goose <laughs> hunt. I'm telling you right now, they'll shoot them ducks before your snow geese come down. <laughs> and typically by the time the snow geese show up, we've had our fair amount of duck shoots and whatnot. So it's like, we've had our fair share. It's time for the snow geese now. Yeah. So do you guys like, like split off or divide and conquer when you're scouting or is it like a combined, like one truck? Uh, so we were lucky enough, Dylan's freshman year of college and my sophomore year to get in with a really good group of guys out there. It's probably like five or six of us really good hunting buddies. And typically we're on the road, all separate trucks every night, huh. which helps tremendously. Yeah. Just trying it's obviously more expensive for gas and whatnot, but we're all willing to do it. And it's pays out most of the time. 
I, yeah, I, just try to fight and conquer is the biggest thing, I think. Just you you want to always have a plan B, if not C, because like you said earlier, pass shooter might mess it up or uh, they might not roost in the spot you're looking for. The wind might not be good for that spot. So it's always good to have a plan B and C just so you can set yourself up for the best success. I, I always say when it comes to scouting, the the more trucks, the better. And it sounds so easy to say that, but the more eyes you have and the more miles you cross, you're going to have a lot better options because no, and, and snow goose, you know, when you're scouting them, it's almost like you find that cloud, but if you don't get to that cloud before it drops back down, you might not, you might not see him again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You've had that happen a few times where, you see them from a couple miles away and you try to fly over there and you're like, where the hell did these things go? And then you never see them again. It's confusing. It, it will always baffle me whenever I'm scouting and it goes for Canada geese too. Like I, I see a, a flight line and they, the flight line ends and I'm still a mile or two out. And the next thing I know, where are they? You, you have <laughs> no effing clue. That's why it's, yeah. it's a wild goose chase. It's probably where that dang slang came from, to be honest. <laughs> Probably. So do you guys even, you guys, you guys obviously go after the Canada's and, and, and the ducks during the fall. Like, it, is it like, Oh man, I'm, I'm sick of these snow geese. Now, now I'm going to try these little smeasley ducks and Canada geese or <laughs> how does that go in well, your guys' mind? Well, we well South Dakota has an uh, early season for residents. Uh, so we'll typically do that. Uh, right at the beginning, or at least I'll do that right at the beginning. And then you kind of get your fix of ducks in throughout October. And then, uh, once the snow geese start showing up, it's pretty much snow. If I could, I'd hunt snow geese every day. Um, I just, there's nothing more that I love than just hunting snow geese, just not to sound cocky or anything, but it's, they're, they're hard to kill. And, uh, I think that's what draws me the most, uh, hunting snow geese is just because every time you go out, you don't know if you're going to get them. You just have to, the biggest thing is just setting yourself up for success. That's, I mean, if you can do every, if you can do everything in your power to set yourself up for success, that's what matters. And just let the rest fall into place. Hopefully at least. <laughs> have you all ever thought about going up to Canada? I feel like y- you guys don't need a really a direction. You guys need a passport. And you guys just need to drop a pin somewhere in Canada and go chase them things. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, been up to Canada a couple times. Um, oh, we're maybe okay. Th- yeah. Yeah. We're maybe thinking about doing a trip up there this fall. We're uh, actually planning on coming out with a little bit of a YouTube channel here after season. And, uh, just get, we want to get enough film to consistently post throughout the off season, just to, uh, maybe like one, twice a month or something like that. So we're just trying to get footage for that. And yeah, hopefully that takes off. Well, that's exciting. I mean, starting yeah. YouTube, it, it takes a lot of work, man. Not a lot of people like see that. And I, it sounds like you guys are trying to like build it up. So that way you guys can release it in like a more of a pro- professional way. Like a lot of guys, they'll, they'll they'll record all this stuff and then they'll just release it as it comes. But then you're you're just in a constant rat race. I always tell guys like if you're gonna start a YouTube, 
man, I, I would like almost build up your episodes like in your archive or in your hard drive and then, and mm-hmm. then filter them out because man, that, that's the smartest way to go about it, to be honest. Yeah. That's kind of what we're doing right now. We got, I mean, we have a few episodes recorded and what are filmed and whatnot. And we just want to get a bunch more this fall, hopefully. And then be able to just like Dylan said, post two, one, maybe two times a month or whatever, just during the off season to give some people to look something to look forward to, you know, this off season and watch and whatnot. So since I, I can't really stretch more on Canik since that both of you have been there, correct then? I actually never have. No. Oh, okay. Well, trust me, I haven't either. This will be the first season that, that I gracefully, or sorry, Oh my gosh. I pleasantly just to get to go up there, but, um, is there, is there ever a, a thought in your guys' mind when it comes to snow geese where you're like, where's the next challenge? You know what I mean? Like, where's the next state or like, where can I, where can I go hunt these other little bastards? You know? Yeah. I think just waking up every day and trying to chase them is a challenge enough. I'm, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I think it, uh, doesn't, uh, really matter totally where you're at they're gonna be a pain in the ass no matter what it yeah i don't know they may be might be a little bit easier to kill some up in uh, canada but to consistently kill them it takes a lot it's a lot of time on the road it's a lot of time studying and just watching the birds i think just how they act how they're coming into the field their flight line at what altitude they're coming in how they're coming over the power lines just everything like that where they're landing with the other geese it's just all of every you just got to watch geese that's the best way to learn i think how to kill snow geese you have to understand how they act i'll say the best the-, the best teacher is the bird itself and that's exa- yep. that's exactly what you're all explaining like <laughs> i'm not going to rephrase everything you just said but it you the bird is it's it's teacher you know yeah yeah. And that, yeah. Just like, and then when you're, we have multiple vehicles on the road and, and you find a field earlier in the evening, you just got to sit there and watch it. And I mean, you got to put them to bed. So you get a lot of time watching birds. And if you pay attention, you'll pick up quite a bit throughout the season. And I mean, multiple years of chasing them, you'll pick up on quite a bit just through experience watching them. So what's a, what's a rare snow goose bird to y'all that like maybe you haven't shot, like what's a, what's a prize possession to you beside a band? Like, I know there's a whole different kinds of subspecies when it comes to snow geese. What's, what's your guys's fan favorite? Definitely the blue phrase Ross obviously is a, <laughs> yeah. want to kill. Uh, I personally have never seen one die. Uh, but yeah, that would be pretty awesome to shoot one. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd probably have to agree with Carter, but one prize bird I was lucky enough to kill um, when I was younger. Uh, I was probably about 14 years old, and um, I shot a $100 reward band, Snow Goose. I believe it was around 16 years old. So, I mean, that was pretty cool to harvest. And, yeah, I wish I would have mounted it, but wasn't thinking of that at the time. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what age you were, but at that age, you probably weren't thinking about much except for just pulling the trigger. 
Yeah, yeah, that was about it. Yeah, like 14-year-old, you're looking at the $100, like, <laughs> give me the money. <laughs> All the sink, snicker bars I can get. My dad can't tell me nothing. I got my own $100. <laughs> right. Um, so when you guys go out, is there just like this build of anticipation once you get the crew together, you got the trailer hooked up, all your homework is done. Is everybody just straight face? Or are you guys like a, a party when you're going out there and just everybody's having fun or is everybody just straight face and everybody's on the same page? Uh, a little bit of both. Honestly. All right. yeah. I mean, we're, we're serious about it, but yeah, it's party. Yeah. yeah. Get all the boys together and hit the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, everyone's on the same page. Everyone. I think uh, some people might say that it's just good to be out, but I think, I mean, it is nice to be out, but when you put as much time and effort and money into it as we do, it's, I mean, you're going out there to kill. So that, I mean, everyone's on the same page. Everyone wants the same result, but I mean, we're still having a great time while doing it. So that's the fun part. And sometimes you do get a dick sandwich. So. I mean, it is what it is. Nobody likes a dick sandwich. Gosh, dang. No. If you go <laughs> that same day and scout again and try it the next morning. Gas station food and you name it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than cake breakfast pizza in the morning. Yes. And then what goes along it with you? Is it a, is it a Red Bull or is it a monster? Uh, I'm a big Mountain Dew Kickstarter guy. Okay. Okay. I, Just a little Caffeine, I get the jitters pretty good. <laughs> I, I always, I, I've tried to lay off of the Red Bulls. I, I only drink them from time to time because my body just started to get immune to them where it was like I was drinking water and they weren't doing anything to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. Sorry. Oh, you're just fine. Um, So when you guys, when you guys hit the field and you guys are out hunting, I mean, is it a general reason that like everybody wants to like, how am I put this? Cause like in the fall, you can't run e-collars, but the spring you can, are you guys in the fall? Are you guys running hand calls or anything like that? A lot of guys do. We never do. I mean, you kind of let you the birds a, do their thing. Right. When you have a lot of 5,000 spinning on you, I mean, you're a little hand call. They can't hear that begin with. They're so loud up there. Your hand calls doing nothing the way I look at it. I kind of agree with that. And I mean, the hand calling probably could come into a benefit if you got like them smaller packs, but I mean that roar, there's no way they're hearing you. Right. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. It ain't worth your breath to (laughs) pull that thing for hours straight. So how many people do you get y'all usually go into a hunt with? Like, I guess it's all dependable, but what's an average, like, all right, we're hitting a field of, you know, 50, 60,000 or I, I don't know. I, I don't snow goose that often or snow goose hunt that often at all. Well, we, uh, well, we have a good group of buddies out in South Dakota. And, uh, if we're hunting, it's probably from six to 10, we'd like to try to keep it under 10. Um, I mean, some, you got to get guys back. That's a big part about hunting. You don't got to feed and someone gets you on one, you got to get them back. So, uh, but we try to keep it probably around six to eight. I mean, sometimes we'll get up by 10, but the small, I like, I'd really rather just have a good buddy hunt and, uh, shoot your limit than 
trying to have 20 guys out there in an entire army. Uh, yeah. You don't even know half the guys at that point. And you're just, it's just way more fun when you have six to eight of your close buddies and all know each other super well and whatnot. I agree with that. Cause I, that's what I always used to do when I was, when I was hunting back in South Dakota is like, it's just such, such a hard topic because people always want to like come with you. Cause they see the greatness that you're doing or the fun that you're doing. And it's like, but at the same time, the group of people that have been, that were on that particular hunt, say a particular hunt, they've been doing this time and time again and have failed and succeeded multiple times together. And they just, it's just a rhythm and it's hard to bring, yeah. you know, another whole group in or, you know, two or three other people in because it's just like, it kind of like throws the rhythm off. You know what I mean? Yeah. In our group of guys, I mean, like I said, they're so willing to drive how many miles every single night to scout and whatnot. It just, like you said, invite other random people or not random people, but like buddies you don't typically hunt with just isn't necessarily fair to our guys. You know, they've been putting in how much work day in and day out so to you, invite the Right. Your guys' regular crew, you guys, I mean, setting up a spread. I don't, I, I guess I didn't finish my question of how many decoys you all usually put out and it's all situational, but are you guys on that? that night crew of setting it up the day before or are you guys setting it up the morning? No. Well, I, I actually have a, a custom trailer now uh, that's pretty much set up so we can set up about 500 or I'd say just under 400 full bodies and probably about uh, an hour, hour and 15 minutes with about six guys and that's including blind thatched and all the accessories out. So it, like you said, it's nice just having the same guys out there. Cause they know the system, they know how everything works so they can give you a hand uh, while you're putting your bibs on or whatever. You're saying an hour and a half with all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, when you're doing it every day, you, I mean, when you're doing it every day at 30 minutes, 60 minutes, two hours of sleep is a big difference. So uh, just true. have a pattern and having a trailer that's well organized so you don't have to take everything out just to put it back in. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. We definitely have our system down with our group of guys that everyone knows what to do and when type of deal. Yeah. So when it comes down to the bare bones, there's not much stress. The stress is involved with finding and locating that bird and what they're doing. And then once that achievement is done, there's none of this like, head leader like okay we're gonna do this or this or this it's like once y'all hit that field it, it it's just go time from there yeah for sure i mean like typically we'll just say like someone will volunteer to brush the blinds in or whatever and then two guys will go do that and four will set up all the decoys type of deal you know a guy has to take it one for the team and brushing blinds this out he's not always the most <laughs> fun but someone's got to do it and it helps tremendously if two guys do all six guys blinds and the other four send decoys out it goes way faster that way so that brings me to a question that just popped in my head you guys run layouts 90 percent of the time or all the time i would say i mean it's situational if we're in a cornfield with uh and it's not a carpet we're we're definitely probably running layout blinds. If you find yourself in maybe a wheat field in Canada or bean field or something like that, maybe we're laying in whites. But the thing with that is too, 
Uh, it also depends on the conditions. If it, I mean, if it's sunny, uh, you're probably it's and sunny and cloudy is totally different. On a sunny day, you're probably going to want to be a little bit darker. Uh, so that's probably going with corn versus a cloudy day. Uh, you're maybe wanting to be a little bit more dull to hide underneath the decoy. So maybe you're going with whites or, I mean, it's totally situational based and depending on uh, the hide and everything like that. It's also trying to get maybe in a low spot of a field, not talking like at the bottom of a hill, but if maybe if there's like a drain, just a little divot in the field, if you can get the blinds in there and try to break out the uh, outlines of the blinds, I think that helps too. Just trying to, find the right spot in the field that maybe has just a little bit of a divot that you could hide the blinds just a little bit better. Isn't it crazy to think that like, like scroll back in your guys' life and you wouldn't know any of this. And then it's just like <laughs> failures are best teacher. And I don't, I, I'm always like listening to you talk. I'm like, man, I never thought of that. Never thought of that. And then it's like, you just never know what's going to happen. And unless you fail, you're never going to learn it. And like, have you guys ever looked back at like the mass amount of like success that you guys have involved yourselves with over the years? Yeah. I mean, I uh, started snow goose hunting with my uncle and cousin. And uh, I mean, I'll never forget it when we were out there and hunting kind of the leading edge of adults in the springtime. And I mean, we wouldn't even get a bird to look at us. And just throughout the process, it's pretty cool to see how far uh, I've come with just the information and skills and tactics. And I mean, just everything to see how far I came. And yeah, I mean, even when we weren't shooting anything, I, that's all I wanted to do. We were maybe shooting a bird or two a day. And I, I wanted to wake up and do it the next day. And like, even you would ask me how or eight, nine years ago, if I would have known what I know now and killed what I've killed, there's no way. I mean, I would have told you you're crazy type of deal, but I mean, you, like you, we said earlier, failure is your best teacher and you learn so much from going out and failing where you just want to do it again and get better and better. And I like to talk about the things of failure because you have plenty of people that maybe reach out to you. I've had plenty of people reach out to me about, they almost, you want to help a person out, but in a situational, when you're talking about hunting, specifically hunting, you, you try to give all these people tips and then they like almost they're like, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but you gave them a situational (laughs) thing that happened. You're like, I, this is how it worked for me. And then they try to take it to their state or their cornfield. And it's completely like the wind was just off or the sun was just a little bit cloudy there cloudier than that day that you guys were hunting. And it's like, you just, you can't, you can't give somebody knowledge. Like they have to learn it. And that's where like the shitty part comes is like people just, they want the easy route and, and it sucks. Like you, there is no easy route to hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, maybe snow geese, if you want to be successful with snow geese, I think you got to go and just try it. And then you have to, learn you have to realize what you did throughout that hunt if it's decoy placement where you put the blinds in the spread how much motion you ran what kind of motion you ran i think you got to kind of either make a mental note or maybe write it down and just be like this worked or this didn't work but i think it's important you got it's important to know what didn't work because you never know what's going to work but you know what 
isn't going to work, I think. So just keeping a mental note, like, I mean, it's all situation based. If, I mean, if there's a water spot or like a flooded cornfield a little bit, did the did they like the rotaries? Did they not like the rotaries? Did they like the mo- I think it you just have to ask yourself those questions after each hunt if you're just getting into it and uh just kind of analyze what's working and what's not and then just try to make a almost a pros and cons chart and see I mean kind of compare and try to set yourself best up for success. And it isn't gonna come with your first yeah. ten hunts. I mean no. you fail a lot. A to lot. get that one hunt, especially yeah. when you're first starting out, you mean, yeah, there's so much to learn in the industry and how to set yourself up for success. Yeah. And, and I'm going to bring back, you know, I asked you what's a, what's a good average day to you, I think is how I displayed the question is like on a spring season or a fall season. And you said on the spring season, if we hit over 30, we're good. And then over hundred during the fall is, is really good, you know, and you probably weren't even fathoming like like ever hitting that number, you know, years back. And now, now you're setting almost a standard for you, not a cocky standard. Like, cause you said, you're not trying to be cocky and I don't take you as cocky and nobody really should. It's not a cocky standard. It's like, I've gotten myself to this point. Okay. Like I, I've went through falling in my waders or I've went and fallen in the mud more times than enough where I want to see more than this die for it to be, you know, a pleasant hunt because when you're talking about snow geese, yeah, they, they come in the thousands, maybe tens of thousands, you know? Yeah. Another thing is I think like back to the spring snow goose thing is a lot of people get excited seeing that there's millions and millions of birds out there. Or South Dakota, say for instance, there's millions of birds out there. They go out there and they think, Oh, we're going to crush them, you know? And they go out there and they don't hardly shoot shit because it's all adults, you know? Right. I mean, everybody, I've listened to a lot of proficient snow goose hunters and they always say that they're after the juvies, not because it's simpler. It's because the adults just know way more than the average mind. It's so crazy that they have such a pea-sized brain, but when you put 10,000 of those pea-sized brains together, you're screwed. Like like you're screwed. I mean, these adults have been, I mean, their father and son have been shot, you know, or this or that, you know? But, right, yeah. and it seems more often than not when you shoot a band, it's upwards of eight, ten, twelve years old. You know, I mean that's just that band versus millions of other birds. Think of how old some of those are. They've that, seen hundreds and hundreds of decoy spreads. They know what's going on. Isn't that crazy? A ten-year-old snow goose, or plus, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, getting hunted every day for nine months out of the year. They they learn a lot quick. They're the I most pressured too. bird. Yeah, for sure. All right. I want, I want a story time from y'all. And I told you, I was going to ask you this. It's the, it's the Instagram reel of a snow goose. That's close to about beating the shit out of you with its wings. And one of you or one of the people catches it with their hand. And then a swing comes in and whoever's filming ends up one hand and, you know, a, a dirty little flock that's in tight. Tell me about the whole story of that hunt. You know what I mean? From beginning to finish of like how, how that evolved. <laughs> so yeah, we were, uh, we were hunting for about a week. I had some family and friends out, uh, in South Dakota and, uh, yeah, we, we were hunting these same birds and it was, uh, actually this fall when it happened, um, 
we were uh, doing pretty well throughout the week. And, uh, yeah, we, we, they were really, uh, sick this year in South Dakota and, uh, they, they were so dumb. So they ended up coming pretty close and I was able to catch it. It wasn't uh, throughout that week. It was the, I want to say like the fourth or fifth goose we did catch that week. We just didn't get it on camera. <laughs> so that goose was lucky enough to be caught on camera and yeah, cleaned up shop on the flock. So it was a fun week that we had in South Dakota hunting. I got to spend it with my friends and family. So yeah, it was, I can't, it was a great hunt. I think that hunt in particular, we ended, I don't even know how many geese we ended up with, but it was, it was probably over 300. So it was a pretty good hunt. It's pretty badass that that flock ended up coming around and he was able to get that on video too, though. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, not even, not even like, not a minute later, not like two minutes later, like on cue, like yeah. got the snow goose and then, oh, here we go, guys. <laughs> and then the guy Hold shooting, up. the guy shooting, it just puts one on a bead and it's not just a crappy cell phone footage. Like it's like he's done it a time or two. He's seen it a time or two. <laughs> yeah. That guy, he can shoot. That guy <laughs> is a shooter for sure. Oh my gosh. I I don't know. If if it was me personally, I'd want it to be like that. Like seeing that like I don't know, twenty to thirty birds, you know, on a pivot and doing that, you know, that side swing and then like just, you know, pivoting straight down on top of you. I don't know. That's how I'd that's how I would imagine a very good snow goose hunt to go. But then again, <laughs> still haven't seen a big uh spin, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking out of my ass here. A lot of guys get pretty trigger happy when you got 5,000 landing in decoys type of deal. And you actually end up less than when you would if a 30 pack comes in and sits on your face type of deal. Cause then you're actually picking out birds versus flock shooting on a big wad, you know? So like when you guys are working a big spin, there's a lot of failure that went into that of when to call the shot. Can y'all talk a little bit on that? Like there's mayhem above you. When is the right time? Is it, is it a one time one shot deal before they figure you out? Well, I'll talk about the fall in the spring. So the fall, um, I mean, if I'm hunting snow geese, I like to get a little, uh, maybe generous with them. I like, if I'm going to shoot snow geese in the fall, I, I pretty much want them to be in the decoys. Otherwise, uh, I mean, I like to see birds work. That's why I'm doing it. And I think it's cool to see them work. So I'm probably not going to shoot at the birds at 40, 50, 60, 70 yards in the fall. But I mean, I think the biggest thing is, like I said earlier, just going out and failing and, and see what you did wrong. I mean, you, you also have to know uh, how many juvies are in your feed, how many juvies are in that flock, how many juvies are in the bottom of that flock. So if they're, if say if the bottom five 500 to a thousand or 90 percent you can probably let them go maybe another swing or two versus if you see them and on the swing you look at their backs and they're sitting at about 30 percent you're probably taking them next pass so it's a lot of just looking at them and throughout experience and knowing what they're going to do i mean 
juvies in the fall or you, you can get away with a couple more spins and letting them work but the spring i mean they've been hunted all the way from canada down to arkansas and back up by the time we get them in south dakota they're pretty well educated where it's maybe more of the first pass or nothing they'll i mean they'll pull out but in the fall i mean we re, we like to get really generous with them if if they're not in the decoys landing it's i mean it's kind of hard to call the shot when you got some flipping above you so okay i think go ahead every hunt i think every hunt is also different like say you let the first three flocks of the day whatever you let them spin three four times and then they you learn so okay so they get to 40 yards and they peel out or they are sitting on our face type of thing you know you got to just look at how the flocks are reacting i mean they're peeling out at 40 then you look at your buddies and you're like hey we got to start shooting them at 40 or this isn't going to work out or whatever type of deal it's just every hunt's different that yeah way. yeah and i and like he was saying i think in the fall we're definitely letting the three probably three first flocks spin quite a few times before we're calling the shot just to see how well they want to play i mean even you might be on the right birds but i mean the next day they might not want to play so it's just reading the birds that day how they're how they want to act what your weather conditions are i mean if you got no wind either it's pretty hard to hunt snow geese just because they're coming in from every other direction right so was it frustrating you know, you, you went through all this effort and when you first started and you finally get this big spin to come down and you messed up the call shot, like <laughs> that, yeah. that's pretty frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. I, uh, so my, one of my, mo my first spins I ever had while doing it by myself, cause my cousin and uncle, they'd take me out a decent amount, uh, hunting when I was just in middle school and high school. But the first spin I ever had where I'd kind of call it a success, we were in South Dakota my senior year of high school, and we had a really big spin going. And I told the guys, hey, just wait. We're going to let them go one more pass. And when I said pass, one of the guys thought I said shoot them. <laughs> and he pulled three times and whiffs three times in a row. And, uh, yeah, I was a little frustrated. But, I mean, it's just part of haunting. And, I mean, you live and you learn. <laughs> I'll, I'll beat it to death i mean learning is a is a pain in everybody's ass but man we we have to we have to deal with it <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure um on an average on an average in a season like how many days do y'all do hunt sounds like you guys get at it hard like do you guys ever keep track or it's just a another season to y'all uh, I mean, it all depends with school work that week and whatnot, right. final or exams and whatnot. When I was in college, at least or for Dylan now, but uh, like when I went to college, <laughs> class didn't matter much to tell you the <laughs> truth. I, especially when the snow geese were there, like we're saying, I mean, fuck, you got class skipping that for sure. <laughs> we are going snow goose hunting. Uh, Hence the reason I'm working now, but <laughs> like, I would say we're hunting three, four times a week. 
Yeah, at least. Yeah, we're trying. Yeah, trying to get a couple hunts in during the week, and then some of the guys that we know they're a little bit older, so they're maybe doing the Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal, being weekend warriors. But <laughs> we're uh, yeah, we're trying to get out as much as possible. If we got a feed, we're we're probably gonna hunt it if it's looking good. And but with having so many people on the road, you got a lot of options. Do y'all have like a like I always have, I have one memorable Canada goose hunt. I mean, I love Canada goose hunting. Do you guys have one particular snow goose hunt that you guys have hunted together with and hasn't been matched up with yet? Oh man. I what did you say, yeah. So, uh, we were, I'd probably say, uh, we were hunting snow geese in the fall and uh some of my other buddies were in the state and we were there so it was kind of a mutual meetup and i got to hunt with carter and a couple other buddies and some other buddies from back home so <clears throat> we went out in one morning and i think in just under two hours i believe we should it was right around 630 snow geese uh, we called it short just cause we had 14 guys, which was 700, but we could have easily shot that many if we would have wanted to, but it, I mean, it was fast and it was really hot when it, it, I, I can't even describe what that hunt was like. And I hope I can experience something like that ever again, but I'm very doubtful that <laughs> I'll ever, 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 ever experience anything like that. We had spins of five to 15,000 landing at wow. 10 yards. And I mean, it, it's uncomparable to anything else just because it's so difficult to have that. And I mean, that was, that was my, I mean, that was an amazing hunt. It was many people's best hunt they'll ever have in their life, but I, it was just so cool to just know that you got them. And I think that's what it came down to just being there with your buddies and just shooting the living shit out of them. <laughs> You ended that story with with fate right there, <laughs> shooting the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably my most memorable hunt. Um, there's another hunt that I did have. It was this is probably what sparked my biggest interest. Me and my cousin uh, were hunting snow geese in the spring, and we were consistently going out to the Dakotas, and uh, we kept getting dick sandwich after dick sandwich and it was uh covid spring so no one was out doing it and gas was about a dollar and like 10 cents so we could drive around for 12 to 14 hours a day and only spend 50 bucks so me and my cousin went out and uh we shot i think it was 92 birds and that's definitely probably the moment that sparked my interest for snow geese and they did it pretty well not nothing like uh they do it in the fall but it i mean it, it was that was the moment where i decided i'm i want to hunt snow geese every single day if i could and i i mean i loved it and from there on out i've just been snow goose obsessed <laughs> They they quick they they turn into a set obsession really quick. It sounds like, yeah. My favorite probably this fall also is that same week Dylan was just talking about. I uh, we actually had relocated a couple hours in South Dakota, and we only had about five of us 
it was just middle of the week, like a Wednesday type of deal. So not many people could hunt. And we just got done finishing setting up and whatnot, parked the trucks, and we were about halfway back to the spread. And we looked back and the first waves are coming off the roost already. And the roost wasn't terribly far, just like two miles away. So we took off running and no longer than we could get our load guns loaded. That first flock was in our face mm. and the rest is history from there. It was uh hot and heavy. The the so only you know, way we, the only way to write that story is you gotta be there, type ones, huh? Yeah, for sure. And granted we got pretty lucky uh we should have been there probably about a half hour earlier to set up but yeah it ended up working out and we were pretty thankful for that and basically we couldn't have timed it any better sounds like you guys talk about south dakota a lot why, why are y'all living in minnesota <laughs> oh man <laughs> families that i would love to get out of here one day but you know it's just you know what man i lived there for 24 years you are not making a wrong thought about moving yourself to south dakota i don't know y'all's life but i'm just telling you i i loved 24 years there trust me yeah yeah i uh really enjoy going to college there and it's nice just being i mean backyards waterfall playground you got pretty much anything you want there and i mean especially the snowies that's that's my biggest interest so it's nice having that in your backyard well gentlemen i i really am thankful that you guys jumped on you guys are full of knowledge it's like just every time that i asked you guys a question it was like you guys are just answering them right away um i really wish you guys the best with y'all's youtube like if y'all ever need help with anything like just just let me know i can i can help you yeah. shoot information around or this or that i'm not saying i got to be in person but i i'll be a helping guide as much as i can don't be afraid to to message out and as well once you guys get that youtube fired up we're gonna have to do yeah. another episode and 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 talk more about your guys' uh, success outside of the field yeah 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 we we got some big plans uh for this fall so yeah it'd be fun to reconnect maybe in the spring or sometime and we could talk about this uh, upcoming fall season because we've got some big plans coming for avian anarchy. Avian anarchy. Found you guys randomly and ever since it's just been like, how many cell phone videos are badass? (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Yeah. And the videos we got coming aren't just cell phone videos. That's just what we had. (laughs) And I would, I would imagine I I was not for calling that you guys were calling them films with just cell phone videos. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I like I said, I thank you guys so much for hopping on and look forward to seeing more from Avian Anarchy. Dylan and Carter, you guys were a blast to have on. Yeah, well, thank you we very appreciate much. Appreciate it tons. Yeah, thank you. Y'all take it easy well, and uh move out of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> One, day. One day. All right, y'all take care. All right, yeah. see ya. <laughs>